and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 32, Astro Boy from 2009. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And with us today, because this is mostly a Nicolas Cage movie, we have our Nicolas Cage expert. I mean, aside from us, of course. <laughs> Lindsay Gibb. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. So this is a movie. I mean, I was calling you out for being a dirty, filthy liar before we started <laughs> watching this. But this is a movie Whoa. that when you wrote your book, National Treasure Nicolas Cage, you had not seen. So this is one of the very few Nicolas Cage movies you have not seen, right? Until today. Correct. I mean, and there's movies that came after my book that I haven't watched because I figure I can get around to them whenever I want, and they just sure. weren't that interesting to me. When you write the sequel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> book of Secrets, Nicolas Cage. But yeah, I started looking because I knew Astro Boy was one I owned, but I just never watched because I assumed he was in it kind of barely and just didn't seem as important. You're right. Yeah, He's in I'm it kind right. of barely, but who's <laughs> really in it kind of barely is Charlize Theron. Yeah. She does the opening that she is basically a informational voiceover even in the movie she's a voiceover like there's an animated movie but she's a voiceover for this like instructional video about how great (laughs) robots are right and she's in the first minute and a half of the movie and then never again and what a waste of 94 (laughs) minutes to talk about this for probably i don't know 12 or 15 minutes I, I didn't even remember her being in it from when we watched it for no. Cage Club. I don't remember us. I didn't go back and listen, but I doubt on that episode we're like, hey, was that Charlize Theron's voice? Like, what was going on in the intro there? I don't know if you know, she's in the opening credits. Like, she gets opening credit yeah. billing for this, yeah. what probably took her eight minutes in the sound booth. Which makes me wonder if there was, like, a, a closing credits monologue, too, that maybe got cut or something. No, I, sk- I sk- well, oh, that got cut, maybe, because I skimmed through the yeah. credits, and there was just outro score, so it's not like she had more at all anywhere through it. Yeah, it's she's literally a, the only disembodied voice in the movie, too, yeah. so, like, that's a bummer. I looked on IMDb for trivia, and she's not even mentioned the trivia. Not like, oh, she did this because she's friends with whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, Mm -hmm. no, she's just in here for a couple minutes. I mean, at least she's got more lines than Samuel L. Jackson, I think, has like... 12 words maybe as he's in this zog yeah he's zog oh man this is just the whole <laughs> this is just stunt casting like yeah. through and yeah. through you know like just get the big names they kind of did this a little bit but not as terribly when disney acquired the studio ghibli rights and they had like like we recovered we covered nausicaa shia. and shia labeouf yep. does a voice on that but like billy bob thornton's in one of those and it can work but like this just was weird <laughs> so yeah so let's see what do you think of it um yeah since this was the first time i i uh I haven't really read Astro Boy or and I don't really remember like it when I was a kid or anything like Mm -hmm. watching it but I think like just first of all I was wondering how true it is to the original I'm sure I know there's some characters they made up for this like the junkyard friends I think that he meets are maybe not part of the original story but I was kind of just trying to compare it to my idea of what Astro Boy is, I think. But it I don't know, it was fine. Like, it was watchable. From what I remember, this made a lot of people angry. Like, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do not like this adaptation at all. I, yeah. like yeah. you, have no experience with the original. I think that this is not necessarily a good movie. It's also kind of super dark that the kid dies in the first 10 or 15 minutes. Right. But I think it's it's more fun than I remember. Um, I also kind of mm-hmm. took a nap while watching it, so I mean, that was great. Uh, but <laughs> it's quick. It is fun there's like there's funny bits like it's not great but i think that you know 
in the pantheon of Nicolas Cage animated movies, at least, it's not the bottom. I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. in the middle, firmly in the middle somewhere, but, you know, it's 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 not yeah. bad. It's just, for what we're doing here, we should have skipped this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I think on the whole, it's just terribly average in general. Yeah. Like, there's so much you could do with the Astro Boy property. Uh, I'm surprised that this is the direction they took it. it it's almost overstuffed, but I'm a big anime fan, and I've only seen a few episodes of uh, Astro Boy. It's kind of a dark show. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like a Pinocchio-esque ripoff. So, like, this robot boy trying to become a real boy gets tangled up in the real world and learns morals and lessons the hard way and everything. I just feel like the tone is all is all off here. This is just fun and adventure, and any kind of point they're trying to make feels like it's getting lost in the mix yeah it's like they left that dark beginning and just had a fun time and then kind of came back to a little bit of like darkness and then yeah what's crazy is in the episodes i watched like the first five or six episodes of the 60s and then the 80s remake series is like astro boy's dad is like an insane angry scientist that like yeah throws him out like it's really weird like that dynamic is frightening i i at least feel like cage like this guy kind of looked like him to begin yeah. with so like that was kind of good casting i would imagine they made him look like him oh do you mean like the original guy looked like yeah. him yeah oh. the original guy kind of, yeah yeah it's oh, not very far off interesting this is our first animated charlie's right i'm looking we're gonna have two more as of right now we're gonna have kubo which is great and then mm-hmm. they just announced, sort of recently, like in the last month or so, uh, they announced that she's going to be in the Adams Family movie. She and Oscar Isaac were added to the Adams Family movie, which will be animated. So I'm assuming that this will be uh. the worst of the three Charlize animated movies. Again, not that it's bad, but I know that Kubo is going to be like a top five yeah. Charlize movie for me. The Adams Family, I'm assuming, is going to be at least fun, if not necessarily good. So and they should just scrap that animated version and make a live action with her and Oscar Isaac. She'd be an amazing Morticia I in agree. Like, live action. Mm-hmm. So would you think of her as a voiceover person? Have you seen any other things where she's a voiceover or like I narrator? I don't. What? Not really. Let's no. See. I, li- I liked it, though. It, it almost sounds like she's about to break into laughter at the yeah, end of every sentence. Exactly. She does, and she giggles at the end. She does have like, that really good, like, uh, what does she say? Oh, may you rust in peace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what made me think. I thought she was going to be the narrator of the whole movie when it started, because I didn't realize she was just the narrator of that, like, bit at the beginning and i was kind of like i'm not sure i'm liking her narration style but <laughs> but it obviously was on purpose for the like trying to sell you robots kind of narration once i was like oh here here we are. we're getting her right at, up at the top and i didn't even remember her from the last screening so i knew she wasn't coming back right but it would have been smart to bring her back as some kind of blue fairy type of character that you know maybe meets him later and i don't know the records keeper or something I mean, there's definitely would have been a way to reincorporate her somehow. I mean, it's definitely going to earn a uh, most wasted role uh, <laughs> performance for the uh, Charlize Awards. Right. Yeah, Bill Nye had like more than one character. A number of people in this had more than one character. So she could have been an actual character in it as well as being that 
narrator off the top. Like, I feel like if maybe if they'd had someone else in the government that was a woman, that would have been, that could have been a good character for her. Oh, man. I, I have so many problems. Like, for some reason, I really latched on to what the government wanted to use the tech for this time around because it just confused me. I was so confounded. It's like, who were they at war with? Because they live in like this Elysium style city above the ground, like floating castle type city. There's no invasion. There's no strife. Like, it seems like a utopia for the most part. And this guy wants to use Robotech to like build weapons. And having just sat through season two of Westworld, I'm thinking... No spoilers! I'm not caught up yet. No spoilers! Okay. I'm thinking of much better ways to use this type of tech. I'll just put it that way. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> and and they're less aggressive, and it doesn't have to do with like war and things like that. But yeah, the application techniques that he's approaching in this were confounding to me. I was like, I don't know why he wants war bots this peacetime. I'm confused. I mean, Donald Sutherland was just an evil evil guy like that was straight up he was just an evil president or whatever his character was was he a president or was he like a mayor he said at some point this city nominated me but i thought that they called him the president so did the city have a president i don't know i don't know <laughs> i just him to cross over shout out to ps love hoffman i just think of him as like president snow from the hunger games like the no. same character i see i always knew him as like this like from mash and stuff I right he's like a hippie dippy type of guy and in this he's like the opposite there's even a very strong so toward the end more so of an environmental message but he almost goes as far as to say like those like flower children or tree huggers or something like that yep uh, so it's almost like against type for for what i knew him as until president snow so a couple places i mean mike mentioned while we were talking about this before we started recording was if we could think of places that Charlize might fit better in this movie Mm -hmm. I wrote down you know I would love to see her as the bumbling robot like their house robot I would love to see her in that voice like that would be oh the Eugene Levy (gasps) but Eugene Levy was so good I know like he's great but I like for our purposes here I would love to see her there I also have the idea that like I want to see her as Astro Boy's mom that you know somehow she and Nicolas Cage Dr. Ten got separated because maybe he's just like a terrible scientist and like you know too dedicated to his work and maybe she goes down to uh, the surface and then I was also thinking maybe she's like the robot fight club ringleader and also his mom and like tries to get in the fight and then realizes that like she's his mom like maybe they reunite like it's a completely different movie but I was just like if we're trying to weave Charlize into this like we're gonna do in the game later where would she fit and I would like to see her as like a a mom that rightfully so you know Nicolas Cage in this movie says you're not my son I don't love you get out of my life it disowns him hard yeah Yeah. very hard and so like if that's the kind of guy that you're married to rightfully so she would hit the bricks so she goes on the surface you know as far from him as possible starts in some kind of you know weird life down there meets up with astro boy realizes kind of her son not really her son but still loves him because she hasn't seen him and then comes back at the end adopts him or something i don't know something like that like that's yeah that's my dream for yeah, yeah. how to weave charlie's into this movie in a completely different way than what this movie actually does i like that because there's sort of an ai theme here with the boy bot you know that whole concept of am i a real boy am i human like they you know tackled spielberg and kubrick tackled that a lot in ai and then the mother son relationship in that is really interesting and stuff so it would have been really cool if the mom finds out like her son is there but then 
realizes it's not really her son. It's a robot. And she's like kind of prejudiced against robots because her husband's a maniacal scientist who only thinks about robots. Like, I almost want to like reboot this now, Joey, with that idea. Did you have any other ways that you would want to see her either this, I guess, we sort of talked about, you know, maybe bringing her in as the voice like somewhere in like the Hall of Records or something like that. But anywhere else that you would see her as like a character just in this world? So the way that I was actually thinking of it is there's one line towards the end when Astro Boy's friend girl who like runs the junkyard crew you know like wild style haircut and everything like she gets reunited with her parents in the uh, Elysium place like it all crashes down to the ground and they give this one line where they go we've been looking everywhere high and low and I'm like no you haven't you haven't looked low for her you weren't down like on the surface seeking her out so I would have loved if Charlize was one half of her parents and throughout the movie they were sort of searching for the for her daughter and like maybe they're the first pe- people that Astro Boy meets instead of those ridiculous revolutionary robots which is just like racist toward British people right like what? that gave me a very odd feeling I don't know it seemed like they were trashing the British accent with those three robots it got but they were all British people it's not like it was Americans putting on British accents <laughs> All right. I don't know. <laughs> it just it was jarring to me that they were the ones calling for revolution and uh, we fought the revolution against them. I don't know. It just seemed like sort of a cheap shot. I'm way too I'm reading way I'm pretty too sure far that Astro Boy is not Astro like Boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're <laughs> not like taking shots at Britain. No, and I mean right. the director is one of the voices. He's the voice of the refrigerator robot. In of those three robots, so the director is the director is a British man, and the other voices are Bill Nye and the one of the guys from Little Britain. But I like those robots. <laughs> I mean, I liked them, but I didn't. I just they just kind of popped in and out yeah. of the movie too. So yeah. I wish they were more central. Yeah, I liked his little R two D two dog. I thought that was an interesting design. I love the R two D two. I wish he had a better name, but trash can, right? Yeah, it's a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what he was. But yeah. Well, do you have any way that you would uh, put her in this world? Anything else that we haven't said already? Or are you? Uh, no, what I said before. I think what I said before that I think they needed a female character in the government that she could be, and that would that would satisfy me. I am into that. Oh, I also before we fin- finish talking about the movie, before we move on, there is one quote that I'm pretty sure that I mentioned on the last podcast too. My favorite line in the movie. I can't believe that I actually heard it this time. Astro Boy says, "I got rockets in my butt." Oh so, right. There we go. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> the big finale. Yeah. Um, I was kind of, uh, I forgot that there was a robot fight club in this. Again, it gave me some more AI vibes where they had like that whole circus of tearing the robots apart. I forget what that was called exactly, but there was like the giant moon and everything. But I thought that was kind of like jarring. There was like a scene in Solo that is like against robot fight club and stuff. So it's like, my, how far we've gone from Astro Boy to Solo and robot to rights. Any other thoughts about Astro Boy before we go on to our next segment? Not really. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, it was, I could totally see why Nicolas Cage picked this role. It's has its dark parts. I know this is not the Nicolas Cage podcast, but <laughs> it was obviously a big part of what I was thinking about since I knew Charlize wasn't coming back again. It seemed like a clear father-son kind of role that he'd be into. Yep. I just checked in our, our podcast episode for Astro Boy Winter for Cage was 24 minutes and 39 seconds. So that's our oh, target that's... for this. I mean, that's fair. He was in it a lot more than Charlize was. So if you can do it for True. this, I'm impressed. 
That's true. I think what I'll say is this is the least Charlize is going to look like herself in an animated <laughs> film, and it's probably the most Cage will look like himself in an animated film so far. So. Well, the Char- Charlize doesn't even have an embodiment, does she? She just I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, no. <laughs> she has no look in this, which is weird. All right. So we have an email address here on the show. Watch at cageclub.me if you want to send us an email. If you want to let us know what you think of Astro Boy, I guess, if you don't. I don't think anybody out there has thoughts about this <laughs> if they're listening for a uh, Charlize Theron reason. But we actually do have... I don't think I told you this, Mike. Or did I tell you this? I don't remember. We have a new you fan. Told me at the party, but we yes. did not go into detail. But you revealed that, uh, yeah, that this happened. Okay, so we have a new fan. Her name is Amelia Crawford, and she's from Australia. Oh, hello, Amelia. How are you down under? So she Thank sends an email, subject line, Watch the Throne. She says, To Joey and Mike, I've just discovered your wonderful podcast, Watch the Throne, and as a big admirer of Charlie Theron's talent and filmography... I felt obliged to write in and tell you how much I love your commentary. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. She says she has such an extensive body of work that does take quite a while to get through. I'm still probably only halfway through myself. And yes, there are quite a number of films that I never knew existed. Winking face emoji. Your discussion on Monster (laughs) and North Country I've particularly enjoyed. Those are two of my favorite Theron films. Her performances in both are just incredible. No arguments here. Those are both two good movies, yes. and she's good in both of those. I really enjoy the laid-back style of your podcast and your enthusiasm for film and for appreciating talented, hard-working actors like Charlize. If you ever need a guest star all the way from Sydney, Australia, I'm always around to call in. Unfortunately, I missed my chance to rant and rave about Monster, one of my favorite films of all time, believe it or not, but I do have quite a bit to say about Atomic Blonde. Thanks again, guys, for taking the time to explore Theron's work, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts as we move through her filmography. Kindest regards, Amelia Crawford, on Letterboxd at Amelia underscore film. Sweet. Thank you. I'm going to put what this in letter. here, Mike, if you want to take a look at her Letterboxd profile. She just says, her bio is, if you're not Charlize Theron, I'm probably busy. And her favorite films (laughs) are Monster, Atomic Blonde, Carol, and Disobedience, which is that new Rachel Weisz, Rachel McAdams movie that I very much want to see because I have a huge crush on Rachel McAdams. Nice. So, Amelia, we will be in touch. I mean, we have guests for most movies, but there are some that we don't have guests for. Yes. So, Amelia, if you want to write in again, or maybe I'll just respond to your email. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Write in again. And if you're open to other movies, we will let you know what other ones are available, because we do have two guests already for Atomic Blonde, because it's a very popular movie that a lot of people want to do. But we have, as of right now, one, two, two, two movies (laughs) that are unclaimed, one of which is brand new, and one of which is a couple years old, so... Email us again. This is sort of me begging for emails again, but email us again. <laughs> I'll respond with which ones those are if you want. If you only want to talk about Atomic Blonde, maybe we can come up with something for the future. But two movies available. Email us. And again, thank you for writing in. Awesome. So, okay. So, Lindsay, we have a new game since the last time you were on. Okay. It's more well-received, too. Yes, yeah, so. it's a better game. Because <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your Arrested Development co-host or co-guest, Chris Mattiello, was not enthused, just like you, with that game that we played on that episode. <laughs> this time around, we, he, just, he was on an episode or two ago talking about Hancock, and he liked this one better. So, this episode that we're recording right now is going to come out next Friday, July 6th. In theaters that day, there are two new big releases, one of which we're not going to do, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp. What we are going to do, and the point of this game is to weave Charlize Theron into this movie universe. Okay. In theory, her character, but that's not going to work for this. So how would you put Charlize Theron in, drumroll please, 
The First Purge. Ooh, the yeah, much better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. I have to look up what that is, because I have no it's idea. It's the Purge. Well, it's the Purge. Oh, you know the Purge? What? It's the First Purge. It's a prequel to the Purge movies. I do not know what the Purge is. Really? Oh, is the Purge like a very... That's like an American thing, maybe? So, one night a year, everything well, is no, legal. Uh, Mike, so- uh, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. You're describing <laughs> okay. it like it's a real thing. Like, <laughs> uh, well, it might be in, soon, in so the I'm getting ready. Yes, in the movies, <laughs> one to... to basically to lower crime rates one night a year all crime is legal and it sort of started as a commentary on class society the first one is not very good the second one's better yeah third one's cool the third one the purge election day or no, oh my God! How are there Election this many Day. and I don't know them? Oh, Michael Bay. Well, has not only it. that, they also just released a commercial for the TV series, which will be coming oh, soon. Really? Yeah, it's going to be a show now. And our uh, past guest from the 15 minutes episode, Awesome Wolf Southern, has a joke that Mike and I both really like about the Purge. So oh. go check that out on YouTube. <laughs> In this universe where all crime is legal for one night a year, and this movie is, they decide like this is going to be the thing that we do to, I guess, get yeah. society in order. How would you put Charlize Theron into this movie universe? Well, if it's the first one, yep. I mean, since we just kind of had a lack sort of lost opportunity narrator with this movie that we just watched, I feel like maybe she could narrate the first Purge okay. in some way, um, maybe sort of like giving you the background of how it was founded and stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's really a movie that needs narration, but I, you could probably work it somehow. Every movie could use narration. I mean, lots of movies, you can watch it with narration or without. Sure. So sort of like in, in this, like she comes in and gives a little exposition. Yeah. She's like crime over the past few years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And tells you how everybody's feeling throughout it or something. I'm thinking of like Blade Runner with or without narration. <laughs> so, and that seemed to be mostly the narration was used for like describing the feeling of everything. So she could like be that. It. But in that case, she could be like sort of a character in it who's also the narrator, you know? So that yeah. she's like, she was there for the first mm-hmm. purge. Mike, how would you put Charlie Starrett into the Purge? Do you have any ideas yet? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I thought of this before Lindsay revealed her ideas, but I think this might sound like kind of piggybacking off it's of okay. that. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep going with it. I'm going to make her the public service announcement voice. She mm. comes on TV and she's like, the Purge will start in 30 minutes. Like all this stuff, like murder is legal and this and that. But since it's the first Purge, she's actually like involved in it. So like um, halfway through the second act, she's like giving like a tally of like the number of people that but then like she has to fight her way out of like the uh, control room booth and everything <laughs> like, okay. it's you know like she's not safe from the purge either so like sort of in a way like Lindsay was saying like the announcer becomes like a character later on in the movie and I don't I mean unfortunately she doesn't survive because she gets purged by Charlize Theron the actor <laughs> oh very Twist. meta my idea so when they when they first put out the when they announced this movie Lindsay mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the poster and they've, they've strayed from this was a Make America oh, Great Again hat but it just said the first purge and so I thought it was going to be super political I think it is going to be very political for obvious reasons 
But they've shown, I think, in a trailer or promotional stills or commercial or whatever, they've shown a president. He doesn't look anything like Donald Trump. So it's not exactly what's going on, which is it's probably the It's not Humanity Bureau. <laughs> it's not, like, the guy that Cage went to his house in the beginning. He's like, I met the president. And there's, like, him and Trump in a picture. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers Humanity uh, no, that was, Bureau? No, I mean, yeah, we were all, we were all no. talking yeah. about it. I remember it now. But, yeah, no, you're, you're the only one who liked that movie. That. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that'll a lot of this movie is going to be at least a good chunk of it because I think a lot of it's going to be the actual purge. A lot of it's going to be sort of the preparation, like the idea stage of the purge. I'm going to say Charlize is the president's chief of staff and she's very against the purge. She's like, this is not a good idea. You know, we don't want to legalize crime. That's just a bad idea. What is happening to this country? All this different stuff. Purge goes legal. We find out that it's been her plan all along and she kills everyone in the presidential line of succession above her and becomes Ooh. president by the end of the purge night. Wow. Oh, and maybe that's why in like later movies, some government officials are like out of bounds and you can't go out. I think in the first and second one, that's like a law or something. So, ooh, I like it. Interesting. Did you pick the first purge because... You were thinking about Hunger Games because Donald Sutherland oh, no. was in Astro Boy? I picked the first purge because I feel like there we either have or we could or whatever. I feel like Marvel movies are going to be more common to do. Yeah. And once you sort of fit her yeah. into that kind of world once, it's going to yeah. be the sort of same thing. And like the, the, the first purge is just so different from that and from really from everything else that I thought it would be a more unique game to play putting her in this world did you ever see the movie series seven no no it's from 2001 and it's the first thing i that i can think of that i saw that was this kind of theme where it was like a game show i think that they played and and it purge theme yeah it was like oh it was reality television and they had to kill each the the contestants had to kill each other that sounds kind of familiar was it split screen at all by any chance split screen i don't remember that there was something on cable at one point where like yeah people were playing like a it was sort of like maybe. tag, but for real. Maybe they had know. split screens at up. some point. Anyway, yeah, look it up. It was like an indie film, I think. I followed two people on Letterboxd who have rated it. Uh, one person, I think I met or just know sort of from Fantastic Fest, gave it five stars. And Austin Wolf Southern, previously mentioned, gave it four stars. So would they both like a movie like this? I would probably like it too. I mean, I yeah, guess there's, a lot of, there's a lot of movies about game shows, like The Running Man, I guess is sort of in that vein. True, mm-hmm. true. Battle Royale is kind of sort mm-hmm. of in that vein. But Even yeah, I mean, if, you, if you want to keep doing this, like, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So yeah, so the only other thing we have to do is the awards. And I went through all of the awards, and the only one that I nominated for, and if there's anything else you think is worthy of nomination, most wasted Charlie Theron performance, narrator. Yeah. Astro Boy. Yeah. Uh, yep. Is there anything else of mentioned. note that we want to dominate here, good or bad? Are we even going to have enough for a best animated category? No. <laughs> so we can't really do that. Anything will go up against it, and she, you know, for her role in this. Most soothing voice in a film? I mean, it kind of was like the nicest voice in the movie. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Lindsay. That is a series wrap for you here on Watch the Throne. So All right. We only really have a handful more movies. I mean, we have another 14 or 15 movies, I think, before we're sort of caught up, so there's not that much more. But you have your own podcast, 
which you just put out a little episode about a, another director that we're going to cover for another one of our podcasts, a Jim Jarmusch movie, Night on Earth. You have a podcast all about Winona Ryder. Correct. That. Well, it's motoring along nicely. I think uh, we've been very lucky so far that she's in good movies, like right off the bat. Um, I'm sure we're going to hit some really bad movies <laughs> eventually, but I mean, we're in the 90s now. I think we're going to be pretty good sailing for a little while. She she did some good stuff in the 90s. So yeah, we're enjoying it. Can't wait to, I'm going to rewatch Reality Bites when you guys get there. Oh, I can't wait. That was a big movie <laughs> when I was a teenager. So Yeah, I find that each episode I'm saying to Rekka, like, I don't know why this movie wasn't more a part of my life. And like, I think when we hit Reality Bites, that's when I'm going to be like, all right, this is the one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But you put out episodes every other Wednesday. So the next one will come out is... If you're listening to this, when it comes out, it'll be next Wednesday. So what's the next movie you're doing? Do you know? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, a crossover episode. But that's that's more important because isn't she, from what I remember from the Keanu Club episode, isn't she the one who sort of pulled the strings and like cast basically cast everyone in that movie? I think so. So uh, yeah, it was like yeah. her passion project of, or something at the time. Yep. Yeah, we've already recorded the episode, so. Uh, I rewatched uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula very recently, and you'll have to listen to find out what I thought about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Thank you so much for joining us, and go check out the Bram Stoker's Dracula, and if you want to preview that episode of Dracula, go listen to our episode of Dracula. There's just, you know, a lot to talk about oh. Dracula, which I think, was Chris Chris was on that too, I think, right? So it's like a whole perfect, oh, wow. Look at that. circular, whatever, nice. reunion. Good resolution there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so for all things Watch a Throne and Winona Forever and Keanu Club and everything on our network, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram now. Go do those things. Email us, watch at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think of the movies, of the show, whatever you want to do, let us know. You know, cageclub.me again, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Lindsay Gibb, and we'll see you next time on Watch the Throne.